Holy shit, Thundercats and the Mutants of Plundar. Welcome to Fanboy with an Opinion, episode 14, for May 22nd. I am Eric. Today, I will do an overview of Supergirl Season 4, express my opinions on Robert Patterson, also known as Arpats, potentially playing Batman in a movie, and then tell you about a title I recently read from Image Comics called Analog. First, let's get into an overview of Supergirl's season finale and season four as a whole. Uh, We'll start off with the actual story of the episode, and I'll mention some of the tie-ins. The last episode was called The Quest for Peace, which is funny because that's the name of Superman 4, the last Christopher Reeve Superman movie that most people do not like. Um... I like it. Um, it's cheesy, but I like it. So, it's the episode starts off that Supergirl sees on TV that Lex has been deemed a hero by the President of the United States. Uh, the President, the current President, has um, basically forgiven him and he's uh, washed away all of Lex Luthor's previous crimes. It shows that Lex has defeated Red Daughter, who is, I'll get into that a little bit later, but she's the clone of Supergirl. Uh, So then, also at the same time, John and Nia, also known as Dreamer, are in, they've, basically the government has taken all the aliens and taken them to this place called Shelly Island, which dampers their powers and they're they're slaves they've become slaves Lex has taken a lot of the aliens and has siphoned off their powers so that's basically what they're doing is they're working on this machine that siphons the powers and all that junk so uh, at the same time Red Daughter is still alive Lex uh, double crosses her and puts her in this machine and one of the sides so he could siphon her pat his power her power he has a suit where he gets all these powers and he uses them through the suit uh Ben Lockwood who has been the villain for most of the season realizes that he's been duped being manipulated by Lex and he goes to want to fight Lex but he's stopped by Supergirl, a super-powered Jimmy Olsen, and Supergirl's sister, Alex. I'll get into the more specifics after I do this overview, you know, this basically overview of the episode. So there's fighting. Ben Lockwood has also had superpowers. Um, Kara then fights Lex, and and so Lex has kryptonite at his disposal and then Supergirl reveals that she's wearing she's got the radioactive suit that we were first introduced earlier in the season and she's used on and off throughout the season Uh, so they fight in their suits Uh, Red Daughter eventually escapes and as Supergirl is weak because the suit's kind of fallen apart in the battle she sacrifices herself to save Supergirl. And then when, when Red Daughter dies, 
Supergirl's able to fuse with her, and so now she's got new powers, and so that's how she defeats Lex in the suit, and it looks like he dies, but of course he gets teleported away. Uh, Lena, his sister, ambushes him, and Lena has... The superpowers that, that Lex, uh, Jimmy Olsen, and Ben Lockwood have gotten, it's from this... Uh, it's been going on throughout the entire season where Lena has been wanting to create this serum that will give regular people superpowers. And all three of them have been injected in it in one way or another throughout the, the last few episodes. The Haran L. And so Lena has been able... She figured out a way to remove the power by injecting... You know, they wanted to do it for Ben Lockwood, but... They found out that with these powers, it's like hurting them. And they have to keep injecting themselves with more serum so they can kind of stabilize. Sort of like a steroid. You know, they all. I love that it's men too. Only men have taken the serum, so maybe they realize their testicles are shrinking and then they have to take more. Uh, but at any, any rate, Lena injects. They've all been injected eventually throughout the episode with the with the two or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And so then Ben Lockwood gets the power, Jimmy gets the power, and then towards the end of the episode, Lena does a deluxe. And then the best part about it is Lena shoots Lex. Like shoots him right in the chest, like twice in the chest. And then Lex tells Lena as he's dying that you, you know, he basically says, you're killing the only person who's ever cared for you. You think you have family, you think you have friends, because Lena has bonded with Supergirl and Supergirl's sister and all the other uh, people within the group. And they say, like, you think you have friends, you think you have family, but they've deceived you and they've been lying to you. And he reveals to, to Lena that he knows that her friend Kara is actually Supergirl. Which Lena never knew. And there's been times when Kara wanted to tell her, but didn't tell her for whatever reason. And so, he's manipulating her before, she, before he dies. So he reveals this, then he dies, and the looks on her face is just like, I don't know what to do. And uh, so then Ben is arrested, Ben Lockwood is arrested, and the president is arrested because the president has been in cahoots with Lex this whole time. And we're also given the reveal that Lex has helped this guy. Uh, because Originally, he was vice president to a president who was very pro-alien. And then she got uh, exposed as an alien herself, which, of course, was Lex's doing. And so then he's, manip- he's puppet-mastered this guy's whole political career. Until he got to be president, you know, because when the president, Linda Carter, who's Wonder Woman, was president, when she was revealed to be an alien, he took over, he was vice president. That's how it works, I guess. So, he's arrested as well. Uh, The new president, who we do not see, we do not see, reinstates the Alien Amnesty Act, uh, which was, obviously, kind of says it in its name, aliens were treated normal. They were treated like people. They were treated, you know, with with uh, respect. And of course, 
the whole point of this season was to undo that and um, you know parallels a lot of like immigrant aliens and immigrants and racism and all this other stuff and and uh, even anti gay and anti trans and and so then they get the Amnesty Act to be reinstated just like that. Uh, Eve Tessmacher was originally a, a character who was working with Lee. Well, originally she worked at CatCo, which is where Kara and Jimmy work and Dreamer. And then when Lena wanted to work on this, cure, you know, this serum to give people powers. You know, Eve kind of helped her with that because they found out that Eve wasn't just a a dumb secretary. She actually had brains to her and she had, like, degrees and whatnot. So she was helping Lena. Well, it turned out that she was actually working for Lex, which, in my opinion, was one of the better surprises, twists, reveals of the season. Because, really, she has been on the show little by little for, like, two or three seasons. And to take this character that we've seen in the background, or maybe had a few lines, and then to make it that she was actually in cahoots with uh, Lex, I'm saying that word a lot, cahoots, uh, for this whole time was kind of shocking and actually pretty good. Pretty good decision to do that. So in everything that happens, she was given powers by Lex. Her, her powers were she was able to make duplicates of, of herself, but the more duplicates she made, the stupider they were. In any event, she escapes. And she gets intercepted by a representative of Leviathan. Who tells her, you can't escape. We're everywhere. We will find you. And they show that everyone sitting around these two people talking, even this other person... Everyone else is part of this Leviathan. They're all watching her. And it's kind of revealed that she was pushed by Leviathan to work with Lex. Now, the whole season, since we've been revealed that she was working with Lex, she it seems like she was in love with Lex. So now we're supposed to believe that maybe she wasn't really in, uh, in love with Lex and Le- Leviathan and pushed her to pretend... It's like she's a double, triple agent, in a way. Then at the very end, we get the monitor. No one knows who the monitor is. Doesn't matter. He's he's a representative of this thing called Crisis, which was referenced in uh, the Flash season finale, and now it's being referenced here. Uh, In comics, it's a big thing where all the parallel Earths kind of come crashing down. And the anti-monitor consumes them. Uh, Galactus. And basically at the end of Crisis we get one formed Earth. Um, And so there's been teasing that that's what's going to maybe happen in the Arrowverse. And also the fact that Crisis is when Flash Barry Allen dies. So, and Supergirl actually. So, um... You know, it's been teased and it's teased at the end of the episode. The monitor releases somebody on Earth and um and it turns out to be John John's brother, Marsha Mayhunter's brother. Oh, he didn't have one. Uh and then the monitor finds Lex's corpse, so 
maybe Lex isn't even dead, which would be a disappointment. So, that was the end of the episode. Um, I have some notes about what I thought. Um, so first off, the beginning of the episode fills in a lot of the gaps from the last episode. So the last episode was Supergirl and Red Daughter fight, and Red Daughter does this weird thing where they're fighting in the daylight, and then all of a sudden she turns it dark. I don't know what that was about. And she almost kills Supergirl, and Supergirl's dying. And Alex had just realized that she's... Well, I'll get to that. But Alex is comforting Kara and telling Supergirl that you can take the sunlight. They're in the forest. You can take the sunlight from the trees and the shrubs and the ground because they, you know, the trees and plants absorb sunlight, which is what Kara does, the Supergirl does. And so she survives by stealing the sunlight from the trees and the grass and the leaves and all this happy shit. Now I'm thinking... Wouldn't that then kill the trees and the shrubs and the grass and the leaves? But it doesn't. Anyway, so while they're fighting, that's when Lex starts putting his final touches on his plan. And at the end of last episode, Lex is revealed that he's defeated Red Daughter and now he's a good guy. So this last episode is kind of filled in those gaps, which I... Enjoyed. I liked that. Um, which, even when they revealed that Lex was the main villain, they did that. They filled in a lot of gaps. So the president, the current president, was played by... By Bruce Boxleitner. Now, if you don't know who Bruce Boxleitner is, he was in a movie called Tron. And he played titular character Tron. So, I always refer to him as President Tron. So, President Tron, throughout the entire series, seemed like there was something going on. And he seemed unreasonable, and he seemed very quick to hate Supergirl and to make her, like, America's number one criminal. Uh, there was this, you know, Red Daughter uh, posed this Supergirl, and she attacked the Oval Office, and then President Tron was like... Hey, she's uh, criminal number one. Public enemy number one. I knew from the fucking, like, as soon as he became president, there was something up with him. And, of course, he was in cahoots with Lex. Lex gets his own Iron Man suit, which is so friggin' cheesy because, or as I like to call it, Iron Lex. He becomes Iron Lex. And even when he's talking in the suit, it's the same point of view. It's the same view as we get in the Marvel movies, where we just see his head and there's like a lot of graphics that make it look like, uh, you know, internal, like, uh, oh, but things going on in the suit and all this jazz that no one could really comprehend. It's like, this is fucking Iron Man. I mean, they did it when, when Kara went into the radioactive suit, they did it. But this is worse because even the, the suit even looks like fucking Iron Man, Iron Lex. And he did that in the comics, like, he'd have suits and stuff. But it wasn't as blatant. Uh, they tried to make it look different in the books. He didn't always do it. And this is more like an 80s thing. Like he did it in the 80s. Um, but it was a real blatant ripoff of the Iron Man stuff. And even taking the same view. Um, talk about that. So I said Ben Lankwood's being used. Okay. 
So at one point, Lex is in the Oval Office with his mother and his sister Lena, and he quotes Hitler. Nice touch. Nice. And then his whole plan is to obliterate uh, this planet that Superman has retired to, along with Supergirl's family and everyone, everyone, all these people who survived the Kryptonian uh, explosion. They're on this other planet, which I can't remember the name of. And Lex is planning on destroying that. Oh, so you quote Hitler, and then you decide to mass murder an entire species, or a well, species, yeah, group of people. Huh, I wonder who that's supposed to be. Like, huh. Um, when Eve finds out that Lex is going to do this, that he's going to obliterate, she's not on, she's not for the plan because she thinks it's pointless. And she's like trying to stop him. It's like, you, just because you think it's a pointless, like not because you're killing, like what was the point of that? Just to show that Lex didn't listen to her and like he was basically saying, we're not equals. You know, you're like a protege, you're an underling. Yeah, I didn't need that scene, I already knew that. So then, Kara wants to expose everything that's been going on with Lex Luthor. How he's been a puppet master for the president, and and Ben Lockwood, and all this other stuff. So she has compiled all this information and all this evidence. And she wants to write an article about it. Like, one friggin' article is going to change everyone's mind. You have to remember that Ben Lockwood has created the Agents of Liberty, and he's created a movement where he's telling people that aliens are a scourge, or aliens are a plague, and they're ruining our lives, and they need to either get the fuck out or they need to die. I mean, he's pulling, separating families... And pulling people out of their homes and into internment camps. There are going to be people who believe this. And reading one article is not going to change their mind. Oh shit, Lex Luthor pulled the, the strings on this whole thing? Well, I guess I don't hate aliens anymore. If somebody really hates somebody, it's going to take a hell of a lot more than one friggin' article from the fake news to change their mind. And so it just feels like it just was a little bit too naive and a little bit too, like, truth prevails through everything. And unfortunately, that's not how the world works. So people are standing in front of the um, White House, and you have people who are pro-alien, and you have people who are anti-alien, and everyone's looking at their phones because then this article goes viral. And everyone seems to get the article at once. That's not how that happens. And they start reading it, and the people, the anti-alien people are like slowly bringing down their signs because it's like, oh, now my mind has changed. How fucking brainless do you have to be that your point of view completely changes because of one article? I wish that would happen. I wish that could happen, but it doesn't. 
Um, Jimmy getting the cure and losing his powers seemed so... Everything about this episode seemed convenient. So he just conveniently lost his powers. And it's like, it was interesting to see him with powers, but then he was like, oh, it's good to be human again. I missed it. Oh, well, sure. Uh, why is Lena listening to Lex telling her that you have no family, that you have no friends, that they've lied to you? He's an asshole. He has tried, he has manipulated Lena. He never wanted to kill her, but he has manipulated her this entire time. Lena, you know, Lena just, Lena was getting help from Lex by making this cure or the serum, serum, the power serum. It's all confusing. And not telling her friends about it. And then she opened up to Kara and told her the truth. And Kara wanted to then tell her she was Supergirl, but didn't. But it's like Lex faked cancer so he could get Lena to help him, you know, with this serum so it could then heal him. He gave himself cancer on purpose so she would help him. And then she turned on him. And it's like, why would you listen to him at this point? You just shot him twice in the chest. That's it. Done. Should have shot him again in the fucking mouth. We're done. Stop listening to him. And now that's going to create a problem. And now everyone's thinking that maybe she's going to turn evil. Because she did something, you know, ultimately bad. She did murder him in cold blood. Which is a no-no. And... Now she knows that Kara's been lying to her. And there's a scene at the end where all they all, you know, they're like a family and they all get together and they're all playing a game and Lena comes and it's, you see it in her face. Like she wants to say something and she's angry about it, but then it just washes away and she goes along with the idea that we're all friends and we're all family. I just feel like, I know you want to create strife, you want to create drama you want to create a wedge but I think you could have done it differently than just Lex Lex told me the truth why would you believe anything he said like he forget about the I mean he shows her footage but still why would you not only listen to him but believe him and then why would that be the thing to make you angry and resentful um, there's a storyline with Alex, Kara's sister, and her mind was wiped. She chose to have her mind wiped so she would forget that her sister was Supergirl. And there was problems with that because everything is connected. So all these memories as, as children, as, as growing up together, are connected with uh, Kara being Supergirl. So it was a big deal. Uh, they kind of like stop talking about it for a while and then they would come back and and it became annoying it came kind of annoying because it's just I don't know I mean at one point it seemed like Alex was going to be resentful towards Supergirl because they had conflicting thoughts about what was going on but then that was quickly forgotten about and then Alex trusted her again and then Kara was like, John, Marshall Hunter was the one who wiped her brain. And then the whole stupid reason why they wiped her brain, 
because Colonel Haley, who's in charge of the DEO, wanted to know who Supergirl was so they could manipulate her into being like, well, you've got to work for us. Now we know who you are. And so Alex had her mind wiped so she wouldn't give up. It's just all, like, dumb. Uh, the whole thing with Colonel Haley was just like, she kind of started off as someone to hate. She kind of started off like maybe she'd had more of a connection to the main villain of the season. And then, and then it just like, and then also wanting to know who Supergirl was, like using that against her was kind of evil. And then all of a sudden she was like, oh, I'm cool. You're cool. She's, she's all right. And then she started trusting Supergirl. And it's like, where is this going? You just wanted her to be evil for a few episodes so we could then get Alex's mind wiped, which created a very little drama. And then eventually it was like, Carl's like, we have to undo it, we have to undo it. And John's like, oh, she could, like, go crazy. And she, because Kara was hurt and Kara was dying and Alex was there, that's what helped her remember that Kara was her sister. And it was just like, the episode before last, before the finale, that's when you decide to undo this. How convenient. Uh, it's very convenient. Everything's very convenient. So another subplot for Alex was last season she said she wanted to be a mom. She's a lesbian. And she broke up with her girlfriend because her girlfriend didn't want to be a mom. So that kind of got put in the back burner for a while. She was on a list for adoption. Uh, she, what, one of the episodes, like not the, last, uh, not the second to last episode, but the episode before that, there was a lot of action going on. Like a lot of fight scenes and a lot of... Uh, fast-paced stuff going on and in the middle of everything was Alex getting a call that a pregnant woman a pregnant teenager was giving up her baby and Alex could have the baby as soon as it plopped out and it was just so slow and so stupid that we didn't need that we didn't need it at that moment where all this other hyper crap is going on and it's just like sitting in a fucking hotel room and being like oh when's this gonna happen it was just very slow and I felt like you could have done this earlier in the season or just wait till next season but while she's waiting for this teenager to give birth to a baby that she might take from her she is with Jimmy Olsen's sister the whole thing with Jimmy he got shot and he had PTSD his sister was there. We've never seen her before. We've never heard of her before. She's there. She's a, a psychiatrist who works for the, one of the military branches. She decides to go with Alex, who, by the way, she's only known for a few days. And she starts to bond with Alex. And she, Alex is telling her everything that's gone on and how much she wants to be a mom. And my ex-girlfriend didn't want to be a mom. And blah, 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 blah. And I'm so nervous. And blah, 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 blah. And uh, Jimmy's sister's mom, Jimmy's sister, I don't even know her name. Jimmy's sister is like, uh, oh, you're, I've only known you for a short amount of time, and you're a very strong person, and I'm sure that, um, I'm sure that uh, you'll, you'll be a great mom. And as this bonding is going on, I keep thinking... They're going to hook up, right? Like, we're going to be told that Jimmy's sister is gay. 
And it started to bother me because it's like, why can't they just be friends? Why can't they just, why can't they be friends? And why can't she, they just help each other out? Why does it have to be that uh, they're going to be lovers? And that's obviously, it's so frigging obvious and also convenient that she just also happens to be a lesbian. And of course, while they're bonding, uh, you know, Alex, of course, finds out that she's not going to get the kid uh, because the teenager has changed her mind. And it's like, oh, doy, of course that was going to fucking happen. She's not going to get a fucking baby in the middle of all this craziness going on towards the end of the season. And then while they're drinking wine together, uh, Jimmy's sister says to her, Oh, well, I had to tell the story. And then, of course, she talks about her ex, who's also a woman. Ding, ding, ding. Of course she's a freaking lesbian. Now, granted, they don't hook up at that moment. But they're going to. Even in the last episode, they were together. And they kind of... Jimmy's sister kind of said that... uh, No, they do kiss. At the end of the... uh, Yeah, the last episode, they do kiss. So obviously she's going to be a part of the show more. And she's going to be her emotional crutch and lover. But it's just like, it's so convenient and so obvious that that was going to happen. Why couldn't they just been friends? No one else was there for Alex. She didn't know Kara was Supergirl. Supergirl was doing this and Lena was doing this. She could have had another friend. I still don't know her name. Jimmy's sister. Uh, and then at the end of it with Leviathan, it's like, what the fuck is Leviathan? Actually, Leviathan is a group of, like, a secret group of people. And they're kind of a part of the uh, League of Assassins. League of Assassins is run by Rasha, Rasha Ghul. League of Assassins is kind of mentioned in Arrow, Arrow. And Leviathan is supposed to be an offshoot of it. Which is uh, run by Rachel Gould's daughter, Talia. Now, obviously, Talia is not going to be a part of it. But this is what they do. They, they take references to comics and they change it. Usually for the worst. Sometimes, when it, well, Flash does it for the worst. Supergirl usually does it, usually does it for the better. Um, there's other things I didn't mention. I pretty much mentioned everything. Martian Manhunter went through this whole thing with his father, and it was a boring fucking storyline that didn't really last long. It's like Martian Manhunter was lost, and he didn't know. He wanted to be a man of peace in the beginning of the of the season, and then another villain, Manchester Black, uh, kind of ruined that, and he ended up killing Manchester Black, and he's like, oh, I can't be a man of peace. It was boring. It was just, you know, he, he realized that he's a manhunter, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, I mean, I know what it means, but it's just... Kind of dumb. Uh, Brainy, Brainiac, is in love with Nia, who's also known as Dreamer. She's a new character. Uh, Brainy kind of changes uh, towards the end of the season. Like, the second to last episode, he becomes more... Uh, you know, it's all this stupid... Everything's a, a long description. Basically, Brainy comes from a long line of AI robots who are evil. And he's, like, the first one in his lineage who's not bad. And so his programming took over, and he wasn't evil, but he had no emotion. So he made decisions that weren't really the best decisions, but he he made them based on the probability rather than the emotion. 
Of course, that got fixed on its own, and he told Dreamer that he loved her. So at the end, they hook up. Um, overall, this season was too long. 22 episodes is too fucking long for a fucking show. Uh, I don't care what it is. It was better than Flash. The season finale was better than Flash. You know, Black Lightning and Supergirl tend to mix social commentary uh, in their shows. And this season of Supergirl did it way more than the past seasons did. Which is fine. You know, Ben Lockwood, who again I said was a villain, he represented those Tiki Torch uh, assholes from uh, Charlottesville. He represented this... uh, Ignorance of like, well, I have problems, I'm going to blame them on somebody else. And that's what's happening in reality. So it was interesting to see that unfold and also kind of painful to see the uh, parallels of what was going on in the show compared to real life. Um, I understand the whole like coming together and facing our problems together and but sometimes the show just gets too naive and just too gosh gumdrops lollipops and I guess that's my problem with Flash as well is there's not enough realism and not enough cynicism and just a little bit just a just a tiny tiny tap of cynicism which Black uh, Black Lightning seems to have it's a little bit more grittier, a little bit more realistic, but not over the top. And I, unlike Arrow, which is just so over the top gritty, it's uh, comical. I just feel like Black Lightning is that great balance, and Supergirl and Flash is just like, oh, we're the good guys. <laughs> and I, you know, it was decent. There were some storylines I'd rather not see because they were slow. But I really loved the Lex reveal. I felt like they came a little bit too late. But I did like the, the uh, Lex reveal. And just to show that for 22 episodes, there's just way too much going on. Way too much to explain. And would I, would I tell somebody to watch this? Eh, sure. Why not? Um, it's better than Flash. It's still better than Flash. Not as good as Black Lightning. But, um... But yeah, I mean, as a whole, it was okay. The season finale was way better than The Flash. And I hate to compare, but they are technically in the same universe. So, might as well. Uh, That does it for the review. It was okay. Meh. Yeah, that was it. And now I would like to voice my opinion on the recent news that Robert Pattinson, or R-Pats as the kids call him, may be playing the beloved Batman. No! 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 And that is my opinion on the recent news that Robert Pattinson may be playing the beloved Batman. Okay, on to something a little more positive. I recently bought a trade paperback. Uh, and if anyone is, doesn't know what a trade paperback is, it's basically a collection of 
issues. So it could be issue from 1 to 6, 7 to 8, you know, that sort of thing. So I recently bought one from a series, uh, a series from Image Comics. I almost never do reviews of Image Comics. I should do more of those. And it is called Analog. And the subtitle is A Cyber Dystopian Noir. So, which means uh, black and French. I will read the description of the book from the back of the book. That makes sense. It's 2024, so it's a little bit into the future. And the world has been mass doxxed. Um, you know what I'll just say. So basically, you know how we have iClouds and we have clouds. We have these clouds of information that we hold so dear. So somebody sends all the clouds raining down and every piece of information from every cloud gets exposed onto the internet and so every secret and every little bit gets exposed so everyone can see so the world has to adjust to basically not trusting the internet and so, uh, you know, I think um, a year or two after that, people start relying on paper again. And they start relying on files, paper files. And there's a group of people who are called paper jockeys. And they're armed couriers with briefcases of secrets who will get your sensitive information around the globe or die trying. And the story is focuses on one specific paper jockey. His name is Jack McGinnis and his partner, Una. And they're the best in the business. So they'll move your sensitive information where it needs to go. They fight off fascists, criminals, and spies. So this is written by Jerry Dugan, who I like. I've liked him from Deadpool. And I was researching him. And I found this little this book that he had done, and it sounded really interesting, so I w- bought it. And a new star, as they call him, a new artist, David O'Sullivan. And I thought the the story was really fucking interesting. Uh, the idea that the internet is no longer to be trusted, but people still use it. People still stare at their phones, and I think it's supposed to, you know, it's a, a interesting. Uh, talks about our present. This book came out in 2018. So, you know, the problem of we're focused too much on our phones and we rely on our phones. Hell, I'm recording this on a phone. So, a cell phone and and these paper jockeys cannot rely on technology at all. So it's mentioned that he, Jack, uh, doesn't have a cell phone. He doesn't have uh, a car that drives itself like most people do. Um, he has to disconnect himself as much as possible because his job is very dangerous. Uh, and he he never looks at what's inside the briefcase. He goes all around the world uh, giving these you know documents and whatnot. And it starts off with him in a dangerous situation where he almost dies. It's a really, really interesting idea. There's a lot that gets uh, explored in this idea, and then there's a lot that's not explored. 
Um, he gets a um, he gets a postcard from his father, you know, because that's like one of the few ways that you could really communicate with somebody that won't get hacked or listened to or whatever. Um, it's also supposed to be a, a noir. I said in the subtitle, noir story. So it's very um, reminiscent to like old 50s or 40s uh, detective movies or TV shows. Because pretty much, he pretty much is in some ways like a private detective where he takes on these cases that are very, uh, that bring him to seedy worlds or seedy underbellies and his life is on the line. He comes across of very eccentric characters. With that said, I really did enjoy the premise. Some of the story is a little bit wonky. Uh, For instance, we're revealed almost right away that Jack had something to do with what's called the mass doxed. And that's what it's referred to. Um, All the clouds spilling out all the information. Now, we don't really know... There's only uh, six issues, I believe. So we don't... Five issues. Excuse me, five issues. So we don't really know how that happened. We get a little bit of a flashback. Who he was working for at the time and all that junk. But we really don't know why. And I really felt like you're kind of letting us know early on, but with no explanation. And that was kind of a a tease, a bit of a cock tease. But at the same time... You know, drop the ball on that kind of st- storytelling. I think you should have saved it like towards the end of the first run, because this what it is five issues. It's a, it's it's a run. I mean, there's going to be more issues, but this is the first run. You could have said that at the end instead of just mentioning it like an issue one. Um, also, the art is a little weird because it's pretty standard, but at the same time, faces don't always look the same. In every panel. And he has a partner Una. Who we don't even see. Until like I think the second issue. And when we see her again. One of the times we see her again. I didn't even know who that was. Because it just it didn't look like her. When we last saw her. Because of her hair. Her hair was like a different style. So I was like oh wait. That's supposed to be the same person? Oh 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 okay. Um, and Una's pretty badass because she's, uh, gets herself into situations where she's, like, fighting neo-Nazis and stuff, and, and, uh, it's pretty interesting that she's, like, badass. Um, and then he has to kind of help her, so he kind of, like, strays away from his problems to help her. Um, what else, um... There's a whole storyline with AI. So, because this is the future, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of uh, robots and technology doing a lot of things. Like, and that's again an, another part of uh, the interesting premise is that we focus so much on automated things. Like, for instance, you see things in the background, and you get a sense that we rely more. On technology than just cell phones or computers. There are dogs being walked by robots. And 
you see it little 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 here and little there in the background, which is neat. It's nice. So you really get it encapsulated into this world more and more and more. Uh, but at the same time, later on, he, uh, Jack, talks to a bunch of AI who want to know how humans perceive them. And they rely on Jack to give them the answers. And it's just weird, because it's just like, what is the point of this? Like, maybe it will come back, but he tells them, oh, you know, they're like, oh, uh, humans aren't afraid of us. And he's like, oh, no, uh, humans are definitely afraid of you. They don't trust you. And then the robots are said, what's the point of that? To give us more of an overview of what the world is like? Okay. But the main point of the story is he gets, quote-unquote, drafted by the U.S. government. And basically forced. Uh, that every time he does, you know, every time he goes and um, ships something, moves, moves something, brings something inside of a briefcase... He has to stop off somewhere and photocopy it. So the U.S. government, because the cloud doesn't work anymore, no one really trusts the Internet, how is the U.S. government going to collect information about everything? Other governments, criminals, what have you. They're going to steal the information and rely on photocopiers or copy machines. And so he, they want Jack to take all the information and photocop everything he has before he sends it to whoever wants it. And that's interesting, but the problem, I don't know, the the problem is it's the character who works for the U.S. government who's forcing him to do this. He's like this short, scrawny, I wouldn't say scrawny, but like short, petite, older woman who talks like a sailor and smokes a bunch of cigarettes. And I just feel like that kind of character has been done before. Um, takes charge, uh, no holds barred, big balls, short, tiny little woman who tells it like it is and like, you don't help me and we're going to gut you and that sort of shit. And she actually says at one point, suck my dick. And it's like, I've seen that before. I know you want us to be like, oh, she's a badass, but I've seen that before. I've seen it recently. And in Image Comics, there's a book called Die, 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 which is ultra-violent and uh, written, co-written by Robert Kirkman. And there's a character, Senator, who's like a real badass who don't take shit from nobody and talks like a sailor. And it's just like, I don't know, I just feel like you could have done something different. The series ends, or I should say that, yeah, the series ends... Um, it ends on an interesting note. Um, shit happens. He's being, he finds out he's being targeted by somebody he worked with. We don't really know all of their past or how they're connected. And it's just like, it's a good read, but at the same time, uh, it, it, a lot of questions come up. And so this was put out last year. And the last, uh, issue 5, was put out, I believe, at the end of 2018. 
We're almost in the middle of 2019 and not one other issue has come out since. So apparently in July, they're going to continue the series. I'm just glad I bought this book in May and all I have to wait is just a few months rather than reading the book in November and having to wait nine months or whatever. A long fucking time. I hate that shit. I mean, I hate that Image does that a lot. They just go on their own kind of schedule. Number six coming soon. Yeah, like a half a year away. Oh, another book that Dugan has written called Dead Rabbit, which I talked about. It's no longer in print because they're in a legal battle with a, a bar that also has the name of Dead Rabbit. There's a two-page fucking advertisement in the back of it for this comic that no longer exists. Brings a tear to my eye because that was a good book, too. For one issue, two issue, um, but yeah, I would really definitely, I would still recommend it because the premise is awesome, and really can really like branch out into different stories. And but we still don't know much about the backstory of the character or how this happened. Another thing is in the first issue, it's called Mass Doxed, so that's the event where the clouds crashed and all the information was leaked out on the internet. That's only mentioned once in, like, the one issue. And it's never referred to as that again in the book. I mean, I was really... I, he, I can't remember what he referred to it as, but he referred to it as something else. And I'm like, wait, I thought it was called Mass Doxed. I mean, it's literally in the first sentence in the back of the book. And the world has been Mass Doxed. Would you only refer to it that as once? I don't know, there are some inconsistencies, but like I said, I'm still going to read this shit. I'm going to see how it goes. I enjoyed it. It definitely deserves a second reading as well, which I I need to do. Uh, But yeah, Analog, Amos Comics, pretty good. And that's it. That's it. And that will do it for another episode. Don't forget, if you have any questions or comments, you can contact me at the Gamerish email address, gamerish537 at gmail.com. Also join the Gamerish group on Facebook. And we're now on Instagram at gamerish underscore pod. And stay tuned, we'll also be getting a YouTube channel. More information on that shortly. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Fanboy with an Opinion. Thank you for listening, and until next time, I've been a fanboy, and this has been my opinion.